Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to a repeat guest, my friend Tanel, the CEO of Reinvest24. Reinvest24 is an Estonian real estate crowdfunding platform that has been on the market for a little over three years. I have used the platform myself for about a year now, and there hasn't been any issues so far. So pretty happy about it. Tanel will give us an update on the real estate crowdfunding space in Europe and how the platforms have performed during the last turbulent year. He will also provide us with an update on Reinvest24 and why they are now expanding to Spain and Moldova. This episode is for you if you're keen to invest in real estate crowdfunding and are ready to explore uncharted territories. So without further ado, let's hear the interview. Hello, Tanel. How are you doing? And welcome back to the show. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, nice to be back. I think I was here uh, almost a year ago. And in the meantime, a lot of a uh, lot has uh, changed in the crowdfunding space and for Reinvest24 as well. Okay, very good. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear the um, yeah the developments. And nice to have you on as well. I think it was valuable last time we talked about uh, how to not being scammed uh, by all the peer-to-peer platforms. I mean, at least in uh, Europe, what how to identify these. And now, of course, we are one year later, as you say. And I thought it would be good to have you on just to, to evaluate how the situation has been evolving since last year, what's been going on in the market. And as well, I think you have some uh, updates to share on Reinvest24. So yeah, maybe let's start with the start. So how is it going in Estonia right now with the coronavirus situation just in general? Uh, well, we are still uh, on the lockdown period, uh, similar to last year. It started uh, in in the middle of March and uh, uh, it's planned to be finished uh, by end of April. Uh, I think today there is uh, the government is uh, discussing uh, to uh, lighten the restrictions already this week. Uh, But in overall, the situation is totally different than it was last year. uh, As uh, there is no panic, there is no, uh, you know, this uncertainty about what's, uh, what's the future going to be like. Uh, people understand uh, this virus better now and understand uh, also the impact that it's uh, you know, having for, for, for the economy and so on. And of course, the vaccines are now in full speed. So uh, I'd say the, the situation is a lot more calm, but the restrictions are pretty much similar as they were last year. Okay, okay. So yeah, it's a bit similar here still. Uh... A bit uh, stagnating on the the number of cases in Luxembourg, Belgium is a bit going down, but you know it's still very fuzzy, let's say. But it's okay. It, it, let's see how the vaccination progresses, and uh, we'll see. Okay, good, good. And then, of course, yeah. How has the market uh, been behaving in these last months? I mean, on the peer-to-peer front and uh, crowd lending. What are your market views for what has happened? Well, I would like to start actually with the real estate market, uh, especially here yep. in Thailand, which is like a totally different picture that we had last year in the time of lockdown. Oh. Actually, you know, the, the real estate market, you know, we had a short-term uh, correction on the market since, you know, the, 
that there was uncertainty for the buyer side to just wait it out and see how things go. Uh, but the market picked up uh, on the second part of 2020. And from mm-hmm. there on, uh, the transactions have been growing, the prices have been growing. And I would say that the, uh, this lockdown is total opposite to the last year, as we actually saw in March, 500 transactions more, which is like 20% more transactions than, uh, you know, it, it was basically the all-time high uh, uh, in, in regards to transactions. So people are right now like buying, 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 buying. And it's like, uh, I, I don't know where it comes from. I think that it's those people that were like waiting for, you know, let's say, last uh, lockdown time or the COVID mm-hmm. period that we had, they were kind of a, in a waiting position, hoping for the market to go a bit lower so that they can buy. And, you know, they realized probably by the end of last year that it's, 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 it's not going to happen. And, and now, like, everyone is trying to just buy, buy. New developments are sold out before, you know, they are ready. And uh, I can see that uh, developers are more confident as well on the market. And uh, there are new projects started everywhere, uh, everywhere in the city. Okay, so Estonia is a positive and a enthusiast. Okay, and do you observe a similar pattern in the, in the neighbor countries or in Europe as in general? I mean, what do you what can you share here? Well, yes, I would say that uh, it's it's not that drastic uh, in other areas. For some reason, Tallinn is like the the hotspot right now. For some reason, uh, it's hard to identify what 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 is the actual cause of that, but. Uh, the overall trend, I think, uh, towards real estate, at least, uh, is uh, you know you, you probably know what's uh, w- what the impact that the COVID had for the you know the world economy and uh, monetary policies uh, of the central banks. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's quite ridiculous, in my opinion, what's really happening. I mean, in Europe, it's, uh, uh, it's the Central Bank of Europe is a bit more reasonable, rational, and thinking like what the future impact of you know just putting too much money supply yeah. out there mm-hmm. can be. But uh, if you look what's happening in the United States, for example, it's uh, I, I don't really understand uh, how, how this monetary policy is accepted there and like what in the longer term perspective this can cause. Because just in last year, in 2020, the Federal Reserve in the United States, they printed more money. They put, it, put uh, more dollars into circulation than in, in 2000 year, mm-hmm. uh, just 20 years ago, the total supply of dollars were smaller than what was released last year, and it uh, and with the Biden, you know, it, it, it it's it's not stopping. Uh, they just uh, had another round of stimulus checks. Uh, almost two two trillion dollars were just uh, created and uh, added to the supply. So I mean, like this is something that's really favoring all the asset class. I would say that real estate is in the front line for this. Uh, yeah. We see in the United States and uh, all over Europe uh, that funds are moving a lot of their funds into farming land and just buying up land just to protect themselves from the upcoming inflation, which, uh, you know, in the United States, I wouldn't be surprised if it's even double digits. Okay. Uh, and, you know, basically all the asset class, we can see the stock markets, even like uh, some alternative uh, new technology like the cryptocurrencies and so on. Everything is booming, huh? Everything is booming because people, and I mean, this is not the retail investors who are buying up those assets. These are institutional investors. This is the smart money that understands the effects of, uh, you know, what the central banks are right now doing, what's their policies. And it doesn't seem to stop. There is, the, the program seems to continue. And, you know, this, this, this is something that will have consequences and, and it will favor, uh, you know, all asset class, pretty much uh, real estate, I would, in my opinion, is in the front line here. 
okay, we went a bit broad here, but then let's go back a bit to um, Europe and the real estate markets. I mean, at least in the peer-to-peer and the crowdfunding space. You mentioned, okay, there's enthusiasm, there's kind of a recovery. So is that for a commercial real estate or as well for a residential real estate? Residential is in the front line here. I mean, the commercial is a bit behind, but we're seeing the same trend. I would say it's about around six months behind, but we are seeing the same trend picking up with the commercial spaces as uh, uh, with uh, the, we, what we saw with the residential properties here in Thailand. And, you know, obviously the businesses are most affected uh, with, those, with those lockdowns and uh, people are, you know, in most part, are working from home still. So, you know, for, for, for businesses, it's, there isn't that uh, big of an urge or, or they're not in a hurry compared to, like, the people who are looking to purchase uh, their home. There isn't that urgency for them. Uh, they can hold and wait and see where the market goes and see maybe they can get better deals and so on. This is actually exactly what we have been doing as well uh, here in Reinvest24. We haven't had any commercial real estate uh, rental properties on the platform for uh, for last that was added in last year March, so one year. Mm-hmm. But we are going to publish today a uh, uh, commercial uh, rental property on the platform. Mm-hmm. And what about offices? This is a question I had because, you know, of course, well, we as you mentioned, uh, we are all working from home at least uh, a significant part of the week, and maybe in the future, maybe this. COVID has accelerated the trend for remote working. So what do you think about the office spaces? Will that go down? Is it still interesting to invest in those uh, offices? Yes, definitely. I think this is actually an opportunity right now. I don't see that. I mean, one-man companies and like small companies that are just getting started, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's probably reasonable for them to, you know, not take any any uh, financial obligations uh, in the early stages mm-hmm. of the company development. Uh, but if we're talking about bigger companies with 100 employees, it, the cost of the office space uh, compared to the 100 people salary is uh, very small. And you know, if you have the whole team uh, together, uh, it will be more proactive. I mean, it's, it will be more efficient. The workflow. And I think also that, you know, something that we've seen with uh, like short-term rental properties in Estonia, you know, since there is no tourists, there are actually some people renting them like a workspace, some micro apartments just to, you know, be out of their home environment uh, and, uh, you know, focus, uh, focus more on the work because there are, you know, so many distractions at home and you can do it for some period. But if this is the way it is, like long-term, then, you know, it's it's quite difficult, uh, especially if you have kids and so on. So yes, I indeed. I actually don't see that it's going to change the work culture. I rather see it as an opportunity right now, and the market will pick up. And you know, it's it's actually a great great uh, time to enter the market. Okay, very good. And has there been any? I mean, for the retail investors listening, has there been any changes in the offer of um, I mean, providers? I mean, crowd lending platforms in in Europe. That we should be aware of, or uh, I think, for example, Reinvest24. In my view, it has stayed strong. It has been. I mean, you're expanding. You will. We will talk about it later. So you have stayed strong. So to me, it has shown its resilience and uh, strength in this, let's say, un- in uh, insecure market. 
while others maybe there's been okay before even the COVID there was already some shaky platforms. Do do you have any stories here or any any things that we need to pay attention to here? Yeah, I mean, like the last year was actually, I, I think in overall for the crowdfunding industry in Europe, it was actually a good year. I, I consider it as, a, as a, like a purge mm-hmm. where, you know, all the platforms that didn't really manage the risks well were more of uh, just, uh, you know, giving out uh, different kind of promises, uh, like those buyback guarantees and so on just as a marketing tool. And, you know, if you look at uh, the investors on the market we had in like, let's say 2019, then, you know, I've always been, Reinvest has always been like focusing on the risks. And this is something that we didn't start when the COVID started. We actually started when the platform was launched in 2018, May. Mm. Risks have always been our main main focus. Because, you know, the first rule of retail investors should be not to lose their capital. You know, you can you can chase the, those 25-30% yield proper projects, but you know, if you if some of them will default and you lose your money, you know, your overall earnings will be negative as well. Uh, but I think the overall in the, the investors are more educated. Uh, I can I can mm-hmm. see that they understand the risk better. They uh, don't just uh, you know go with the, the strategy that you know the more platforms I use, the more I invest. The, the more projects I have in my portfolio, the more diversification and less risks I have, you know, which is actually can be false. Uh, they're rather, you know, doing the research and, you know, willing to put in some time also to understand where they're actually in- investing. Because like in 2019, the environment was very, very uh, attractive for this kind of like uh, scam platforms and so on, because they saw an opportunity there. People really didn't care or really didn't look into it. They were just chasing higher yields and you can give them some promises that didn't, not, didn't, didn't really mean much. And, you know, people would just like go with it. Uh, but right now the, the situation is totally different. And, you know, I can see that uh, the platforms that somehow survived the COVID lockdown uh, and, and the whole situation last year that but didn't manage the risk really well or just you know pro- offering very risky instruments for their investors and risky projects they are in a bad, pretty pretty bad situation right now and you know mm-hmm. uh, most likely uh, there would there would be more 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 cases of uh, projects uh, i mean platforms uh, going in insolvency uh, i mean I, I don't really think that there are the, the reasons are not the, the scams, but rather just the risk management and the uh, and the you know projects that they actually offer to their investors. Uh, so the investors are more educated and uh, they're looking into risks more and they they are understanding the risks better. And you know this is something that uh, you know we we at Reinvest uh, have always been uh, promoting and always uh, trying to educate our investors. And it seems like you know all this work has uh, been you know starting to pay off and. Mm-hmm. And uh, investors are getting uh, more smarter. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's positive news. And then, of course, let's go to reinvest twenty four. So you're you guys are expanding. You you're uh, still rocking it, <laughs> and you're yep. expanding to Spain, Latvia, and uh, Moldova. Yep. So um, any other news that you have um, like besides before we go into the expansions? Any other new features or uh, updates uh, on uh, your platform? Uh, yes. So one of the one of the probably biggest uh, things to mention here is the secondary market, which was mm-hmm. the, uh, launched at the end of the last year. 
Uh, we worked on it for quite some time, uh, almost two years altogether, and it was uh, delayed uh, quite a lot, uh, but we're extremely happy with the result. Uh, it's quite unique uh, marketplace, uh, similar to stock exchange, where you can sell your uh, position partially. Let's say you have 1,000 shares of a property. You can basically have 100 different buyers that buy 10 each. So for, for bigger, bigger investors, uh, it provides a lot more liquidity. And uh, since we don't have any uh, minimum investments on the secondary market, most of our projects pay out either interest or rental income monthly, but the amounts are too small to invest on the primary market as there is 100 euro minimum there. A lot mm -hmm. of that money goes to the secondary market and also brings a lot of liquidity to the secondary market so, so that the investors who need to exit will be able to do so. So this is probably the, the, the biggest thing to mention here, but there has been also some, some smaller, uh, smaller features added to the platform. Uh, we're currently uh, working on some as well, uh, for example, uh, property update uh, log, like we, ha we are having right now the quarter overviews where we update our investors in regards to all the properties, but uh, we're going to, you know, one quarter is just a bit too long period to get an update. Mm -hmm. uh, since there are new users coming to the platform who are buying those properties from the secondary market, and we want to give them full overview that they're up to date about the whole situation with that certain property. And how has your uh, user base uh, evolved uh, the last year? Are you seeing double-digit uh, growth uh, in the number of uh, yeah, users or uh, investors? Uh, well, I, yes, I would say that uh, the, the, together with our growth, Mm -hmm. uh, we have also, uh, our financial situation is a lot better as well. So we, we have a bigger budget for marketing now, and we are, we are uh, focusing more on that. So that obviously brings uh, more, uh, more results to the platform as well in regards to the growth of new users. And uh, we're basically having uh, every month a new record for uh, investments made, uh, the investment volume per month. Uh, so everything is uh, moving uh, moving very well for us. But I would say that in overall, the, in the crowdfunding market, uh, it's, it's, it's not fully recovered yet from the, you know, at least the Baltic crowdfunding market has not fully recovered from the scam events that happened last year. Yeah, sure. so, so like people are more, a bit more cautious and they're not just jumping into everything. So it's, it's, it's in that, that if we did the same things that we, we are doing right now in 2019, uh, we would have, uh, like, I would multiply our result, but, uh, you know, in the current times, I think we're doing pretty well uh, considering the overall, overall market situation. Mm -hmm. No, okay, very good. And then let's talk about these new markets uh, that you're uh, exploring or actually already active, because I saw some uh, deals already uh, for Moldova. And so, yeah, you're looking at, okay, Spain and Moldova and Latvia. So, yeah, what's going on there? Uh, can you... Give us an update on um, on the status because I didn't see any deals for Spain yet. Is that correct? No, we actually have uh, one uh, project funded in uh, Spain. We okay. opened the branch in uh, uh, end of December last year. Uh, first property was listed. Then it was funded in two months. It was quite big property. Uh, it's basically uh, renovating a whole building and uh, and uh, selling the apartments uh, in, uh, uh, with 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 a premium. But uh, we currently have a property from Spain uh, open for investments as well. Uh, it's our second project from Spain. 
I would say that the biggest benefits for to invest uh, into Spain market uh, through Reinvest Twenty Four is that uh, all the other platforms that offer you real estate uh, investments in Spain, uh, they are working with third party development developers. Mm-hmm. In Spain, Spain is pretty established market, and uh, you know, good projects and established developers have access to cheaper money there. So there is no good explanation why they should take uh, the money from the crowdfunding platform with above 10% interest. With us, the situation is a bit different as we are implementing those development projects ourselves. So these are basically similar projects like the rental projects we have, where our SPV purchased the property and rents it out. But in development case, the SPV purchased the property to, you know, renovate the building or develop uh, new buildings on it and then sells it uh, as the investors are more involved and they all also finance the purchase of that property or land plot uh, we are also we are able to offer them higher yield as well uh, our uh, spain uh, projects are offering about 15 percent interest which is something that you can't really find okay because yeah it was one of my questions because yeah there's already some platforms uh, there so how do you defer yourself because as well they may know the local contractors they may know the lo- all the local regulations which okay you can study it but still they have all this kind of um, local network which maybe you don't yet have or how does it work do you have spanish people in spain representing reinvest 24 or how does that work yes we actually have uh, two employees in uh, in our spanish branch they both have uh, development construction or or construction development uh, background uh, and uh, also uh, our uh, partner uh, Kirsan is on Sp- Spain market we use uh, Kirsan services to do the construction works and we have local people there that uh, you know have experience more than 5 years in that field so they have the con- connections and the understanding of the uh, of that market but the main difference here is still that we are implementing those projects ourselves. We're not financing third-party developers here, and this is the main reasons. I mean, we have more control over the proper over the project. Uh, the property is owned by us, so in overall, I say that the risk difference here is a. Uh, it's also not just a higher interest, but it's uh, actually a lower risk as well. Yeah, I see. Uh, and why Spain, for example? Because. Uh... You know, I mean, you're in Estonia, so maybe you could, it's easy to understand Latvia, it's the neighbor countries, but why Spain? Do you, is there a specific potential that you see there? Yes, actually, yes. Uh, I, I would say that, first of all, uh, Spain was one of the countries in Europe that got hit uh, the hardest uh, to, to COVID. Uh, you know, as uh, the tourism is there, a uh, very important uh, source for the, fi- for the economy, and therefore, uh, there are a lot of opportunities on the market. Uh, a lot of uh, on, on lot, lot of properties were on sold uh, on sale for for on like twenty percent under the market value or even more, as uh, you know the, the the owner just had other obligations uh, and uh, you know he needed uh, the money fast. Yeah. So, but in overall, the market is uh, large. It's established market, and you know when when the recovery started, we already saw that uh, you know in Spain that. The, the the recovery potential just from the not from the growth but just uh, from the recovery is already quite huge, and yeah. the government there is taking steps to 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 
make the whole environment uh, more uh, friendly for developers, especially as uh, they lower the taxes from 12% to 4% for new developments, for example, uh, and so on. So in overall, especially the Valencia area is uh, one, of the, one of the regions there where, you know, if we compare the prices with uh, Barcelona or, Real- or, or Madrid, you know, it's, it's uh, three times cheaper, the real estate yeah. there, but there mm-hmm. is, it's still very large market, more than 1 million people living there. And uh, there aren't that many new developments uh, in that area. So the supply is quite slow, quite uh, low, but the demand, uh, you know, coming from the whole population there is, uh, is quite high. So I, yeah, so, and our partner Kirsan uh, was on that market as well. So they already have all the market knowledge and, you know, we can use them as, a, as the contractor to, you know, also help us to consult and, uh, you know, implement those uh, uh, development projects that we have there. No, very good. Uh, and it makes sense. Huh? I mean, okay, I've been uh, looking at Spain as well myself uh, back in the days. So yeah, it's a, it's a great market. Uh, but then, okay, Moldova, this, this was a bit um, interesting to me when I saw it. I was like, okay, this uh, is a market I never heard of. Or um, I, I can locate it on the map, of course, but it's okay. It never struck me as a market for real estate investing. So uh, yeah, can you explain a bit? A bit dissimilar. Um, what was the reasoning behind that? Uh, why Moldova? What's uh, going on there? What is the status? I've seen a lot of deals there uh, as well present on the on the platform. Yeah, we actually have quite a lot of deals uh, from Moldova on the platform. Uh, there are uh, uh, currently all of them are uh, development loans uh, where we issue the loan to third-party developer against collateral. Uh, we work with 50% LTV, which is very secure, and we work with uh, international uh, experienced developer Kirzan on that market. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's it's why you haven't think about it is, and you know, probably uh, wouldn't uh, look into that market yourself. Is actually it's quite difficult for you, for 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 just you know for you or someone else to just. Mm-hmm. Uh, invest into that market into real estate uh, it's uh, it's not a european union country uh, they got uh, their independence at the same time as baltic uh, countries did in 1991 but obviously their development has been a lot slower the, since they they've been supporting russia and they've been sharing their view sharing the sharing all the political views with russia but uh, since the sanctions uh, russia has lose, lost the, the appeal strategical appeal for moldova and Moldova is now moving towards uh, joining the European Union. Uh, so we expect expect to see similar uh, similar uh, growth like we have seen in Baltic uh, countries there in Moldova. Moldova is just around ten years behind uh, Baltic countries. So it's uh, it's why we went there. It's uh, it's the obvious reason is that uh, to provide higher yield to our investors, more attractive projects. Because uh, if you want to earn like 15% from, with 50% LTV from real estate investments, uh, you, you can't find that even from the Baltics uh, or, you know, any other established uh, or even more established markets. The yields are a lot lower, the LTVs are lower and so on. So if you want to find this kind of uh, attractive uh, investment opportunities, then you need to look into some developing markets. And, you know, we've been monitoring and um, researching uh, uh, some other developing developing countries as well uh, in the past like two three years already 
pretty much since the platform was launched, we already started with uh, Georgia, but we just didn't find a good partner there to enter that market. It's also pretty attractive. And we, you know, we finally pulled the trigger last summer and pretty much at the end of the spring uh, to enter the Moldova. And the la- at the end of last year, there were presidential elections in Moldova. They, they got a new president. Uh, it's, it's, it's a she. Uh, and, and her main goal is to take uh, Moldova to European Union. So they're yeah. now you know, burning the bridges with uh, Russia and they're you know, starting the, the process of uh, being part of European Union. And uh, you know, the market there, like real estate prices, uh, last May, average prices were around 550 euros per square meter in the capital city, Chisinau. Mm-hmm. Currently, they are around 750, 800 euros per square meter. So we already are seeing the impact from that. And we also see a lot of professional investors uh, coming to reinvest 24 because uh, it's not easy to get exposure to Moldova real estate market. And reinvest Mm -hmm. is uh, one of the easiest ways how you can invest into that market. So the economy was going well and the unemployment, etc. How was that going there? Uh, I mean, the whole economy is growing there yeah. quite rapidly. Uh, I think they had uh, the GDP was uh, uh, last year was one of the highest in the uh, in Europe. It was like five point seven percent, I believe. Uh, but you know, most of the Moldovan people they work abroad, uh, Germany, uh, UK, uh, some more established countries. Uh, but you know, they 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 send their paycheck paycheck back to home. Uh, so a lot of a lot of uh, Funds are, are coming from abroad, uh, from people who work there, uh, sending their money back to families. And, you know, also what uh, we have noticed uh, in the past, like a year or two already, especially with the, the, when the COVID situation started, that those people working abroad, they're, they're now coming back to Moldova and uh, they have enough funds to buy their own real estate. Mm-hmm. And, and the government uh, started last year also like a program to support the the purchase of first home. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, it applies to people uh, up to 45 years old. I think they now moved it to 50 years old, the, the, the age limit. Uh, and uh, basically the government uh, is supporting the down payment. Yeah. So people are able to purchase uh, more, more of their own homes. And this is the opportunity that Kirsan is seeing on that market as well. Uh, mostly we're, we're building re- they're building residentials there. Well, that sounds promising. It's uh, okay. It's exciting. I mean, uh, I think I would need to read myself to to get into that, but uh, to to see if it's uh, something for me. But it, it looks interesting to take these opportunities and to uh, to explore the market. Uh, well, Tana, I think we we've come at the end of the show, and um, no, we really want to thank you to for providing us with an update on the markets in Europe, and uh, yeah, see what what's been the growth. It, it's great to have this. Uh, this view in a short uh, half hour almost and then as well excited for yourselves uh in uh, with growing in uh, spain and uh, moldova we didn't really touch upon latvia but yeah i think to me it's kind of logic i was really more curious about moldova and spain are there other countries um, that you're targeting or you're really now focusing on the, on those uh, four countries now i uh, know where we actually are uh, looking to expand already this year Okay. Uh, but you know, currently, a lot of uh, markets uh, where we would like to like uh, there are at least two markets right now. Uh, 
<laughs> where we would like to enter. But uh, since they have their own uh, crowdfunding regulations, it's a bit uh, difficult uh, as of mm-hmm. now. But, uh, you know, last, at the end of last year, uh, the European uh, Union uh, approved the uh, crowdfunding uh, regulations, uh, which are now implemented by, by all the EU countries. We expect to see uh, those regulations to come in force uh, by the end of the year. And that opens the door to, you know, all, all the markets will have the same regulations. And, you know, if you have the license in Estonia already, you can also enter to, let's say, Portugal or Lithuania or, or some markets where, which are already regulated. Uh, mm-hmm. And it makes, it makes the whole process a lot easier. We can use the same structure for, for every market, basically. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, but then maybe a last question. So what does this new regulation mean for us investors? Well, it's obviously uh, tailored to protect the investors. Yeah. I mean, right now I can see that a lot of uh, platforms are applying for different kinds of licenses and we've been considering them as, uh, you know, some, some of them as my, ourselves as well. But in most cases, you know, as they're not tailored or made really with the purpose, uh, you know, they're not specially made for crowdfunding. They don't really give much of a benefits to the investors. It's rather just a marketing tool. You know, we're regulated. We have this license and doesn't really like, I, I don't really see the benefits from that. But the crowdfunding uh, regulations are tailored for crowdfunding. And, you know, there are a lot of things. Uh, we don't uh, yet know everything. Uh, uh, the, finance, uh, the Ministry of Finance in Estonia will uh, uh, publish the first draft in uh, October this year. So then we will uh, get to know more. But, uh, you know, the purpose of those regulations are to protect investors. And I'm pretty sure that this is what it's going to be. Uh, you know, this is the main focus for those regulations. And it's, uh, it's going to enter, open a new area for real estate crowdfunding in uh, Europe. Yeah. Okay. No, but that's good news. Okay. Excellent. Okay. So, Tanel, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, before we close off, uh, let's go through the um, quick fire questions. <laughs> so, of course, since you are a repeat guest, I will not ask the same questions. So I made some new ones for you. <laughs> so, um, okay, you're a young CEO. I mean, I think you're 30, 31, something like this. I'm 30 now. Yeah, I'm turning. Yeah, you're 31. 30. Okay, very good. So what would you recommend to somebody to uh, how can they pursue a similar career to yours, opening their companies at a young age? Well, I would say that, uh, well, yeah, it's it's good idea to work when you're young at, let's say, like uh, until 25 at least mm-hmm. in, in some companies that are very established already and, uh, you know, are in the industry that you're interested in. So you will get a lot of uh, experience because just, you know, getting started without any experience, uh, you, you will get a lot of experience on the way, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, you will also have a lot of failures. And, you know, in some cases, if it's your own company, the failures can be quite costly. Uh, but you will learn uh, <laughs> the best with your own failures, obviously. But what I would recommend is to, you know, take a couple of years at least uh, to work uh, in some established companies that are in that industry that you're interested in. And you will have uh, a lot uh, better chances to succeed. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good tip. And then a uh, second one is... Um... Do you have a quote um, that inspires you or a quote that you want to share? Yeah, I actually have uh, my all-time favorite. I, I, I think about it a lot. It's uh, the problem is not the problem. 
the problem is your attitude towards the problem. Mm-hmm. And it like, makes me always the feeling that uh, it really depends on how, do you, how you react on the problems. Like, are, you, are you just going to be focusing on the issue or are you going to be able to you know, find solutions not, rather than just like, keep keeping yourself down because of that problem? So if your attitude is right, then there are no problems really. Yeah. Okay. No, very good. It's a, it's a nice quote. Does it come from somebody we know, or is it something that is in the common, uh, I don't know, wisdom uh, area? <laughs> well, it's actually, uh, I believe that it's pretty funny, but uh, I believe that it's Jack Sparrow from the Caribbean <laughs> pirates who, yeah. who said that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I'm not hundred percent sure here. I, 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 I just think that he, maybe someone else said it before, but he said it as well. He, he has a lot of uh, wise quotes, actually. Uh, <laughs> I really like. Yeah, that. I did. I mean, me. like, <laughs> yeah, he, he, his attitude was maybe a bit extreme, but uh, in overall, <laughs> he was, uh, uh, you know, eating eating problems for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> very good. And then, a uh, last question: You have a hundred euros. What should one do with it? Uh, if you are, um, I mean. It's very large, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, if, uh, it doesn't really matter if you're young or old, I would recommend to, mm-hmm. to if you, especially in the time of lockdown, you know, you, you don't really have much entertainment or, or maybe, you know, you have some extra spare time as well uh, to learn some new skill, for example. And, uh, you know, I, will, I, will, I would recommend to uh, go to Udemy. It's a, it's a, it's a platform where you can... Uh, you spend that 100, uh, 100 euros quite well uh, learning some new skills. Uh, uh, there are uh, different tutorials and guides uh, that are made by very experienced people on different fields. And, you know, just learn some, something new. And I would recommend to look into some, like, something uh, related to technology or, or, you know, websites or internet or, or that, uh, that area. Okay. Yeah, very good. Excellent tip. And then, uh, Tanel, um so the people, of course, the listeners can find you at reinvest24.com. Uh, uh, where else uh, are you on social media, etc.? Can you share your uh, yeah where they can find you? We are very active on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, as well. We have a Telegram group chat where you know time to time I'm answering the questions as well. So if you if 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 you want to follow the whole process and you know get the latest updates and you know things. Uh, you know, maybe ask some questions as well, if you have any, then uh, those channels. And also we are active on YouTube. So uh, we are making quite a lot of videos. Uh, mostly it's me on those videos. One of the purposes is to educate investors. And the mm-hmm. second is to, I usually go on the construction sites or, or our properties to, to give our investors an overview of how things are going and, you know, what, what potential we see in, on all those properties. So YouTube channel uh, is uh, something that you should uh, subscribe to as well. Okay, excellent. I will uh, link it all up in the show notes so uh, the listeners can find it. And Tanel, thank you once again. It was a pleasure again to, to have you on. Yep. Thank you, Jonathan. It's, uh, it's always great to chat with you. And I hope we can do a similar follow-up in, in, in some time in future. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something from it. And if you found it useful please make sure you share it with a friend or you can also rate the show in your favorite podcast app. This will help the show to grow. So if you do so, thank you very much. And before moving on to the key takeaways for today, I wanted to mention that 
Reinvest24 currently has a summer campaign. They offer a cashback depending on the amount you invest. All the details are in the show notes. So if you want to participate in the markets, Spain, Latvia, Estonia, or even Moldova, maybe now is the time to consider it since they offer this cashback, which makes your investment even more profitable. Anyway, let's move on to the key takeaways for today. Number one on real estate. In Estonia, in the last quarter, the transactions have picked up. The developers are confident. For the rest of Europe, it's not as enthusiastic as booming as in Estonia. So let's see what's going on. Residential real estate is on the front line. Commercial real estate is behind. There is less hurry. Businesses have time to wait for a deal compared to people that are looking for a home, which is kind of logic. So I asked the question about offices and Tanel believes they still present an attractive opportunity for post-COVID times. And currently, apparently in Estonia, people rent out office spaces instead of renting their rooms on Airbnb. There is potential there. Number two, it's been a good year for crowdfunding platforms. Investors are now more educated and more cautious. They don't only chase high risk and high return promises. They understand the risks better. It's also been a purge year when we look at platforms. All platforms that did not handle the risks well, you know, overpromised on high yields and uh, buyback insurances, etc., as a marketing gimmick, they are now in a bad situation or vanished completely. And then a reminder from Tanel: the first rule of investors: do not lose your capital. Number three on the expansion of Reinvest24 in new countries. So for Spain, Reinvest24 develops the projects themselves, not via third parties like other crowdfunding platforms in Spain. And after a tough year, the environment is pretty favorable for investing. Tax for developers is, for example, reduced from 12 to 4%. And the Valencia region seems to be an attractive region for investing. Regarding Moldova, it's a difficult market to enter for real estate investors. It is on its way to enter the EU. It's a mission of the new president that was elected in October 2020. And Tanel and his team are expecting growth, good yields, and they believe it makes for attractive investments as the economy is growing rapidly and real estate prices are increasing. Number four, crowdfunding regulations in the EU will be enforced at the end of the year. So this will make it easier for the platforms to enter new markets, for example. And as well, this will increase protection for us retail investors. And last but not least, I will end up with a quote from a very wise man. The problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. So that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.